The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend. Welcome along to Sister Sarah's here in Letterkenny for the DL Debate, the Championship Ulster Final Special. We are live. We have taken Brendan's show out and about as we look ahead to Sunday's huge decider where the neighbours of Derry and Donegal, of course, will once again clash in a provincial final. We have to go back to 2011 when that last happened. Uh, last happened rather and it's very much an eagerly awaited game there's a lot of talk there's a lot of excitement about this fixture on Sunday and of course the uh, the rush is on for tickets apparently there's going to be a few more released maybe today or tomorrow we have to wait and see but one thing for sure is it's going to be a sellout and the match if you can't make it will of course be live on Highland this coming Sunday there is a four o'clock throw-in time. So then, it's just after seven on a Monday, and that means it's the DEL debate. We've got a lineup of distinguished guests, which includes Ulster and All-Ireland champions, and we've also got Mr. Brendan Devaney, the presenter of the podcast and the show on a Monday evening. Unfortunately, he's not an Ulster or an All-Ireland <laughs> champion, but he, but he is an international. Brendan, take it away. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You're supposed to be here supporting me tonight. He's hitting me hard. Listen, there'll be none of that. I won't touch any of you. know that. Heroes here all around us. Listen, folks, first of all, I just want to thank Kieran Brogan for the use of the bar this evening. Kieran's been sponsoring the show this last three years. Uh, what a brilliant place to have this up for the match. As he said, we're surrounded by a host of top G writers and personalities. Before we get to the up the match and, and Derry Donegal, I first want to talk about the weekend just passed. And it was a heartbreaking one for two Donegal sides, of course. Our minors losing out in penalties and our ladies losing after extra time and real heart-wrenching stuff. Oshin, you were at the, the ladies game, first of all, uh, yesterday. Yourself and Mo was covering it. Actually, one eye on what was happening in the, in the Super Sunday, Man City going two down and Liverpool going a goal down. And then I was listening, of course, to your commentary with Mo and I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. Four up in normal time and two up with, with uh, literally a minute and a half to go in extra time. But Armagh coming back and uh, taking Donegal out. We, we would have a mic problem here, Oshinja, but he's getting a new mic in. And until he does, Brendan Coins here as well. You on now, Oshin? Yeah, I think we're I'll back, Brendan. You. You're supposed to be supporting me. I'm supporting <laughs> you, right? Where you go? I, th I think, yeah. Uh, well, Maureen O'Donnell is here down the back somewhere. Maureen, if you want to come up the front, maybe just join us for a second. Maureen, come on ahead. Uh, we've also got Brendan Kilcoyne, who's here. Brendan. Brendan, of course, part of the commentary team, Brendan, but we've got the Miners, a huge disappointing uh, a weekend. He's come so close to beating Tyrone, but it had to go to, to penalties. I don't think that's a way an underage GA match should, be, sh should finish, but heartbreak for Donegal. Oh, total heartbreak on Saturday evening. You know, you're just, my heart went out to the lads. They put so much into it, and they played so well on the night. And listen, you look back on it, and you think we probably should have closed it off when we were 8-5 up, seven or eight minutes to go. But Toronto are a good side, and they came back, and McElhome kicked a wonder point to level the game up, last kick of the game kind of thing, and it went to extra time then. And Toronto are the better team in extra time, but we miraculously pulled the goal in two points out of summer. And then, unfortunately, going to penalties, like, and it isn't a way to decide a game, particularly for young laddies. And, you know, there was the option of playing a replay again in Celtic Park on Wednesday evening that could have been taken. 
but it wasn't. But listen, that's football, and you know, good luck to Tyrone. But I still hope Derry beat them in the final, like kind of thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, what about what about Donegal and Derry, Brendan, in the senior game? You're on commentary with me on on Sunday evening for for the match. How's this one going to go, or is it too tight to call? Ah, listen, it's very hard to know. Like you know, you, you know, Derry are coming in on the back of two massive victories against you know Tyrone. Firstly, you know, totally outsmarted them, and then again against Monaghan, you know, they were so far ahead of Monaghan that day. And, you know, any Rory Gallagher team is going to be prepared to the hilt and there's no stone left unturned. So it'll be an instrument for Donegal, you know. You know, we know, we, we know what a lot of the matchups are, but there are so many other wee nuggets within the game and facets that need to be looked at kind of thing. And it's too, it's too co close to call. Of course, we're all hoping for a Donegal victory, and I think the key to that will probably be getting the likes of Langan and Kieran Thompson, if they can get a big return from that half forward, I think it's going to play a crucial part of the game because a lot of the other stuff is going to kind of nullify itself out. I think you know, and you look at the matchups last year. You know, you, Rogers taking Murphy and uh, Karen McKeag taking or McKeag taking uh, Patrick McBrearty, and you know, there's some of these that are so obvious. But I think the big one from a Donegal point of view is probably, you know, how, how, how do we get track on McKinless coming from deep? And that's going to be a big poser for Declan Bonner and his management team this week. Okay, wait to see. You're going to have to find a different route to get to Clonus on Sunday because after that statement about Tyrone, you might have to find an, an alternative route. <laughs> see you, mate. Thanks, Brendan. I look forward to Sunday. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the man, Maureen. Uh, what's your thoughts on Donegal Tyrone? Donegal Tyrone. Donegal Derry, excuse me. I'm on a Tyrone. Donegal Derry, listen, it's going to be a cracking game of football, I think, I suppose, with Rory Geller and management there for Derry. I think Donegal have a lot to do in trying to beat the hunger aspect of uh, the Derry lads. You know, they'll be seriously hungry for that Ulster title, you know, yourself. Uh, it's, it's there for the taking. But at the same time, Donegal are a really experienced outfit. They're a really quality side, and they have a lot of skill. They have a lot of great players. And, and you know, Derry's, Derry's up against it. I'm, I'm anticipating a very, very tight match. Love to see Donegal getting over the line, you know. The ladies yesterday couldn't get over the line, unfortunately. Morning. It was a, it's a tough defeat to take, but Max has to regroup the girls now and get them ready for an All-Ireland Championship. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's very hard for the girls, you know. That's not just not their first defeat. Uh, their number of defeats um, oh, maybe over the year there as well. So regrouping now for the All-Ireland Series is going to be quite difficult. But listen, you've got a great quality bunch of girls there and... Like you look at yesterday, and I know there wasn't a, didn't come away with any silverware, but you have to give credit to the girls. There was a lot of, a lot of outstanding performances on the field, starting with their keeper, Rosha McCafferty. Evelyn McGinley, after an emotional week, she had a fantastic, you know, she did a fantastic job at full back as well, as you know. Um, there was a lot of great performances throughout the field. Our own Geraldine McLaughlin getting 110, Nicole making her 100th appearance. So yeah, it mightn't be a memorable occasion for a lot of girls in the sense that they came away with a defeat, but seriously memorable, and for other reasons, you know, Oshin, they'll get back up on the horse, I've no doubt about it, and you know, they'll make a good stab at the All-Ireland. Okay. Well said, Maureen. Maureen O'Donnell there, Highlands ladies, match analyst, thanks Maureen, thanks to Brendan. All right, Brendan, over to you. Yes, folks, listen, as I say, we have a host of our media men here, Tom Comack, I see Frank the Tank, Craig, Axel Foley, Michael McMullen has come down the uh, way up the Derry side of the equation, we're backing up Paddy Bradley here this evening and say, Paddy Bradley, one of the best forwards of all time, not just in Derry colours. We have Rory Cavanagh here, Eamon McGee, John Gilday. Who else are we getting down there? Your sisters. Oh no, can I get a whoop whoop from the Davidica? Here we go. Listen, anyway, the men will be right at the minute. 
Two, I feel like Gary Neville now. We should have a clips package here of you two guys to put up on screen. There might be a more, few more clips of Tony than you have now, sir. You have the main clip, though. We've got that 40-yard hand pass, or we could stick in a few of them. But listen, lads, before we get on to the, the, the game on Sunday, we bit of nostalgia. I was just looking back, 92 final. That was the first ever Derry Donegal final. It was a pivotal game. Um, although you had the knee bandage on, you decided to give it another crack. Uh, down to 14 men at half time. Can you tell us the magic that was sprinkled? I was just thinking, Brent, about it uh, earlier today. There was a lot of similarities 30 years ago than there is coming into the Sunday. We had we lost the previous year to the, we were knocked out in Ulster, down by the Ulster final. Down went on to uh, to win the All Ireland. Um, this year, then we we had a patching of our back then we had a patching of league league uh, campaign before the '92 championship, similar to Donegal this year. We beat Cavan on the way. We find ourselves in a uh, we found ourselves in the Ulster final in '92, and Derry had a successful league campaign that year. Went on to beat the All Ireland champions, which they've done this year as well. And now both of us find ourselves 30 years on. So, listen, looking back then, there was a massive rivalry between ourselves, um, ourselves and Derry around that time. Obviously, we down one in All Ireland the year before. There was a massive carrot because both ourselves and Derry knew going into that final. There was a, there was a good chance that one of us could go on. But as you say, uh, we got to half time. Um, Rambo, or Razda had been sent off. We would feel, still feel quite harshly by Jim Corn, and I had a bit of a clash with um, Anthony Tohill just before half time, and that ended my game. But the boys would keep reminding me that Tohill was a bigger loss for uh, for Derry <laughs> in the second half than I was for Donegal. But listen, I remember at half time, I, the wee man probably took a lot of the took a lot of the, the speaking on at half time, and the one thing it probably where that uh, short game developed back at, back back around that time was the one thing we were playing against the one we were down to 14 men was not to kick the ball away so I think he he made sure he told Malloy that to stop kicking it back up into the air just to hold on to it he got it back and but listen it was probably when you look back in 82 it was probably the best 30 35 minutes of football that Donegal played that in that campaign you know to go on and beat Derry yeah listen it was massive folks remember well uh, Anthony uh, Coleman McNiff was big at the time. McNiff was like the daddy of Donegal. He's moved to the granddaddy. I think you're the daddy now. If we, if we all had a, a person to look up to, it was you, Andy. What's, what's your memories of that game, 92? Look at um, 92. Like I think it was, uh, I suppose, first of all, I think a performance like in the, in, in, in the second half like it was one of our best performances ever uh, as a team. Um, down to 14 men, as Tony said there, and playing into the breeze like, and we were really up against it. And uh, you know, we didn't play all that well in the first half. And but there again, you know, we 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 had the work done, uh, we had the training done, and uh, every every man like to a man like stood up like, and, and uh, we got the result that we needed, you know. And Tony's forgetting there about them high balls. Like I used to take Tony into the game so often, like with the <laughs> real crisp passes there, you know, and. Um, <laughs> But no, it, it was, uh, I suppose every time I think of Derry, like, you know, Derry from the late 80s and, and, and uh, early 90s, like, uh, I cringe a bit there because uh, all these boys here, the likes of Tony and that there, you know, they've got different days there and, and they could have a different marker, like, but every day I went out like a big McGilligan to attend yes. with, you know, and, and uh, should that be a McKenna Cup game or, 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 or a friendly, it was never that friendly, to be quite honest, but... Yeah. Uh, we always had a, was, a he very, tough, very, was he your toughest opponent? He probably was. He was a man of steel, like, and a and, and, uh, good player, too. Like, and a good, honest-to-God player, but he was, he was built like a tank, like, and a good fielder of a ball and that there. And, um, you know, Derry, 
As often to be said, in there, you know that McGilligan made the likes of Toll and these boys as well. Just the same as we say for these boys here, you know. <laughs> well, that, yeah, I swear to share something, because <laughs> Sean Murray Locker used to pick me up a lot, except for 98, uh, Tony, he was picking me up that day, but, but he, he was a real tough man to get around as well. But that's just, just that halftime, Andy, you came and spoke in our dressing room one time years ago, I think we were playing Meath in uh, 2001 or so, and you, you made the hair stand the back of the neck pre-match, how you spoke to us. At, at halftime, was there a real organisation there, or was the team around enough just to know? You mentioned there, Tony, about the short game and that. Was it that the team was around a lot? And I know, Anthony, you almost quit previous to that. You come back, you had trouble with your knee. But it was as if this was the time, if it was going to be now or never. Yeah, well, you know, at, the, at this stage, look, we were a very experienced bunch, you know, and... Uh, We'd been in uh, finals like from 89, we'd a drawn game in 89, we're there in 90, we're there in 91, and here we were again in 92. So, you know, we, we were a very experienced bunch, and, and, and uh, look, at, it was it was now or never, like for a good few of us as well, like, uh, there's no doubt about that, like, and um, there were good few of us around the 30 mark and over that, and, and uh, so it, 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 it was do or die that day there, and, uh, you know, funny enough, <clears throat> The training we had put on, we did train, like, and, and there's no doubt about that there. You know, we, we were training two nights without the ball, and, and then the third night was the football league, and and, and, and it definitely stood for us. And I'd also created a, a massive spirit, you know, within the, uh, the squad as well, like, and uh, I often think, you know, if we to do uh, what we'd done in 92, if we to do it way far back as 1983, like, we probably might have won a lot more, like, if we had to just give everything, you know, to, to the cause, like, um, discipline-wise and everything, like, and, and uh, you know, I think we might have won a lot more, you know. Yeah, and, and that's, 93, then, we have to mention for the Derry boys, the one they put one over, is that horrible day in Clonus, Tony, what's your, what's your memories of that game? All bad, Bryn, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, obviously, I missed, I missed the, the, the whole year, 93, with a shoulder injury, and uh, was, was able to train with the team, but couldn't play any matches. Uh, so that was that was difficult for me not to be a part of the team to defend our All Ireland, our All Ireland title. But we went into that day, and you know the whole spine of the team. Uh, Noel Hegarty had got sent off in the semi-final against Armagh. Uh, Rambo was out injured. Anthony was out injured. Uh, obviously, I, I had missed out. But and obviously, listen, everyone remembers the, the bad day, the weather, and there's no, there's absolutely no way that game should have went ahead. You know, there was there was a young minor, uh, I think from Derry, that actually was Derry to own that broke his leg in the in the match beforehand. But the the Ulster Council put the referee on under on, on, so much pressure, the game had to go ahead. And if you remember back then, in the the old hall that was full of grass, and the amount of people you spoke to afterwards that that slid down through the grass. But uh, funny enough, I seen highlights not so long ago, and a lot of the Derry, the old Derry guys would say, didn't matter what kind of weather. They were going to beat us that day anyway. Now, they beat half half a Donegal team because most of the most of the, the the main spine of the team were out. But I seen highlights last year, and I, I didn't realise how close we were. You know, we missed a goal chance early on, and we missed a goal chance late in the game. We only lost by two points. You know, but it was disappointing. But just going back to the '92 in the in the dressing room at half time. You know, it was a, it was a bunch of experienced players. You know, it was only my second year, and there was that sort of energy about the team that year that, for the likes of Anthony and and Donald Reed and Martin McHugh, and a lot of them boys, that this could be their last year. You know, and that I think that's what drove drove them on. Drove them on. And listen, me and the likes of me and all that were young, we just we just got got sort of swept away and and put in our bit. You know, but it was. It was very calm and collected, you know, more so than sometimes you can be all shouting and we we're mm. there was a lot of there was a lot of people annoyed about the sending off and different stuff, but it was all calm and collected. And listen, you know, the the one person I would mention, obviously the wee man, everyone, the fourteen men on that field, the second half, but the, you know, as a 
as a full forward that went out injured, you know, you'd have to give a special mention to Tommy Ryan because he went in full forward that day and, and had sure. the best 30 minutes of football, you know. The king. The king, and, and <laughs> you know, we wouldn't have won that Ulster title without him, you know. That's brilliant. Just where you go, I have to say what you said there. Um, in, in 98, John Joe was captain. He says, if you're going to beat Derry, you have to hate them. And I was like, yourself, I don't hate Derry, I have no problem. And they said, there, you don't have to hate them, you just have to clip them. You don't have to hate a man to clip him, you just have to clip him. Lads, thanks very much for that roundup by taking us into modern times. Two legends of the game, Anthony Malloy, Tony Boyle. Hoshin's out there in the room, Mike. Yeah, thanks, Brendan. Uh, call Tom Comac, one of our Highland colleagues, to join us as we, we change out our, our, our panels. Uh, Tom? I see you're going with the older generation first. <laughs> uh, Tom, what about Sunday? Donegal Derry. I know you've been... You've been a very close eye on it, and you've been uh, scrutinising and studying how things have panned out over the last couple of weeks. How tight is this to call? How do you see it? Well, it's going to be very tight, Arshin, I think, really. I think momentum and hunger, Maureen O'Donnell mentioned it, are with very much with Derry. You know, they've taken a couple of big scalps. Uh, they've taken the All-Ireland champions in the first round, did it like annihilation job, something similar to against uh, Monaghan in the semi-final. So, you know, they're coming in with a lot of momentum, and they've a lot of class players, and we have to remember that they probably left Ballybuffet last year thinking they should have beaten us. It took a, a brilliant party, Patrick McBrady point in the dying seconds, you know, from nowhere. Donegal were on the back foot big time that day. So we have seen Donegal, they played well against Armagh uh, the first day. I'm not sure Armagh's thoughts were fully with it. They got tied up with all these uh, suspensions and one thing and another, and then... Well, we played Cavan the last day. Like you know, people are saying, they're a Division 2 team. They played in Division 3 last year, and we struggled to beat them. So Donegal are going to have to play at the height of their power, at the height of what they can to, to do it. My heart says Donegal, but my head says Derry, and that's been honest about it. We'll wait to see what happens. What do you, what do you think of that, Brendan? Interesting. Now the man knows the sport, I'll tell you. I'm going to throw over now, we've got a panel up now, Rory Kavna, Paddy Bradley and Eamon McGee. Paddy, you're nicely sandwiched in, the two in between the two boys, not for the first time I'd imagine. No, def definitely not, here just near what's playing elbows from McGee. Yeah, yeah, uh, listen, many of the tussle you and the McGee's had. Paddy, first of all, I just said you coming in there, Rory Gallagher, a lot of intrigue in Rory. It's a huge backstory to the game in terms of where he's come, being involved with Donegal, Taking Fermanagh in the Ulster final, unfancied uh, uh, Fermanagh. His work now, he's done with Derry, a job that you almost uh, were involved in yourself. Have you been impressed with, with the work and how Derry have come on and where they are this season? There's no doubt they've made uh, massive progress, and I'm probably the wrong person to ask when it comes to praise for Rory. Myself and himself um, just didn't see ATA this year over the, the under 20 and my, the availability of the players. and. It's still a sore spot with me, but look, in fairness, put that aside, um, they've made huge progress. Um, you can see quite clearly the players are buying into what he wants to do. Um, they're extremely fit, fitness levels through the roof, as fit as I've seen uh, a dairy team in a long, long time. And um, no, you know, they're, they're all buying in, as I say, and playing really, really well. And he must get huge credit for that, for, for where they've come from. You know, Division 4 only, what, three or four years ago. And, now in an Ulster final, it's great progress and long will it continue. Yeah, yeah, and listen, these two men are, are experts and Rory having obviously won an All-Ireland under his stewardship. Rory, you're preparing unions, of course, county champions, have to get that in there. Uh, you know your stuff now as well. Like Rory's input now into, into Derry and what you're seeing there, people keep talking about the similarities, but football has changed a bit since then, but 
Is it, is it the general same template? Is it about unbelievable training and tactical know-how and then the talent then comes after that? Is that how you're seeing Derry now? I think one of his greatest achievements has been getting the best players playing for Derry, you know. Um, for years there's been a lot of that club versus county divide, I suppose. Paddy would be more able to talk on that than me. But he's got a real good core group of players now. Um, yes, they're very, very fit. Um, yes, they have some similarities to what we had in Donegal in 2012 in terms of that counter-attacking game and, and really hurting. And you've seen that against Tyrone and against Monaghan, but uh, I think they're just, they have real momentum now, you know, um, and in many ways, back in 2012 when we were playing, we were going out thinking, we're not going to be beat here, like, we're not going to be beat. We had that sort of mindset, and, you know, I look back, and we were talking about this a wee bit off air, about the, the Kieran McFall thing, and, you know, that had the possibility to do real dairy, you know, looking in from the outside. But it just shows you, that I suppose now, the focus that's in the group. They're united um, and they're all together because, you know, they had a fair few Glen players that could have said, here, listen, we're going to pack our body here. McGill might be able to chat to you a wee bit about this too. But uh, we'll not go there. But... You know, it just shows you how how united they are now, and they're going to be formidable. Like they really are. They're going to be really hard to stop, because I said they have all, they have that momentum. Whereas Donegal, you know, good against Armagh, but you would have to say stuttered over the line against Cavan. So it sets it up nicely. Yeah, you were scaring me. I thought you were going to bring up the Kevin Gasly story, but just we'll park that one for now, Eamon. I won't. I won't even go there. Eamon, listen. A lot of talk here, Derry, on the momentum. Listen, as we all know, 10 finals, 12 years. Donegal played well against Armagh for the majority of the game, played well second half the last day. The experience is there. Tyrone, Monaghan played very poorly in the day, even though Monaghan created a host of chances against Derry. Now, Derry, you could say, obviously added to that, but how they played. But how do you see Donegal going into this in terms of all the talks around Derry and that they are almost, as Rory said, they're on this trajectory that they're not going to be beat? Do you think it's a good way for, for us to be getting into this final? Ah, yeah, I, I think, you know, we have two good men at the helm there in terms of Boner and Rochford and Derry are on the, the shop window. They've played two of the, the top teams in Ulster and, you know, the reality of it is they've, they've showed their hands. So if the lads can, you know, make the most of that and if they can get that message across in, in the time they've been given, then you, you'd be confident. But, you know, you just go back to Roy Cav's point there about the, the belief and the hunger. You know, all that tactical and all the strategies not goes out the window when, when when you have that. And, you know, some days if, if you think or you believe you're going to win, you're going to win. And you, you have to counter counter for whatever mindset um, Rory has the lads in. Just just on your point there, we kind of he heard that after Tyrone, that Monaghan now seen what Derry are going to do and that they would be ready for that. But Derry did the exact same thing, more or less, to them. Got into this lead and dictated the game. Uh, are, we, are we, I suppose, taking something away from Derry in terms of how good they've been? No, Derry, Derry have been Derry have been good. Listen, they're operating at a level, and you have to remember McFall's missing. Um, and, and Donegal Boston, right? Donegal Boston. He, that might be the backstory there, Paddy. We'll he, he's, a, he's a massive loss for them, Brendan. You know, and, I, and I think if he was there, we, we'd have been looking at this game very, very differently now. But, you know... D Donegal are in ten Ulster finals. You, you can't but back them and you know look at them as as favourites. And 
All the all the information we've been given so far, and what we've been seeing is that you know Donegal will be prepared for Derry, but you, you just don't know on the on the Ulster Championship Day. Yeah, uh, Paddy McFall. I mean, I think the man's just unbelievably talented. McKinley's performance, I suppose, is maybe in a lot of ways made up for him. But imagine if he was in the mix there, Paddy, because that that boy is all the talent in the world. What do you, what do you think happened there? Uh, look, top class player. Um, again, uh, there have been rumours that he had been. Approached by Donegal Boston from way out, you know, even during the league, um, there was rumours that that decision had been made, and um, it's a disappointment. But I think, you know, fair play to Derry and then fair play to Rory. You know, they parked that bus straight away as soon as they decided he was going, and they reset. Um, just on the game in general, you know, the one fear I have from a Derry point of view is the strength of the panel, and again, McFall's loss, you know, adds into that. Like. Derry last day, obviously Niall Lachlan struggled with a hamstring. Emma Bradley has been coming on the last couple of games and doing really, really well. But if Emmett's forced to start, if Niall doesn't, Niall doesn't start. Um, I just don't know if Derry have enough strength, strength and depth. I look at that Donegal forward line, and while Donegal are sort of maybe not playing at 100% yet, they haven't really clicked into gear. I think Donegal have six forwards that can score and can hurt you. Where you know they have more potential in their forward line than, than maybe the Derry forward line has. Uh, I'd be worried that maybe Derry won't get to the levels that they've been at maybe the last two games, and maybe Donegal would click into gear. And as both of the boys have already said, you know, ten, 10 finals in the last 12 years, they're experienced side, they know how to win, win Ulster titles, and that would be my one fear from a Derry point of view that I say Donegal click in the day, and Derry just don't manage to, to hit them highs again. Yeah, and Paddy, kickouts, kickouts, kickouts. That's all we hear now is kickouts. I see Patton's Daz here, uh, Peter. Uh, of course, we, we have, we have, of course, a man that can spray balls and can get past presses and can do things. Patton's just an unbelievable, for me, best in the country. Now, Lynch obviously put under massive pressure. I spoke to this before, Paddy, obviously the Galway game. Now, Derry went long the last day. Monaghan dominated the kick out at times, but the difference is Derry then are in their shape and, and they were putting Monaghan under pressure then coming through. And Derry kicked, they kicked two five or something off their kickouts, even though they lost half of them. So the key maybe is for Derry just to go, go long in the game. But can you see them retreating from Donegal and letting them have their kickout and getting under the ship? Uh, look, you mentioned the Galway game. I was at, I was at that game. Um, I was actually the only National League game I managed to get to this year. And, uh, you know, Galway put a massive press on the Derry kickout. And Oren was very, very vulnerable that day and uh, coughed up a few goals uh, off the back of the kickout. Um, yeah, Monaghan put them under pressure the last day too. I'd expect Donegal to push right up on the kick out. But as you say, if Derry are, you know, if Derry do go long, which it, which expect they will, you know, that's whenever you're at your most vulnerable, whenever you're not getting bodies back there. So, you know, I think Mal maybe had a tweet up about that maybe just after the game, but how much Derry got off their long kick out. So I'd, ex I'd expect Derry to go long with most of their kick outs. Very it up. You know, at times obviously used a short kick out. Um, myself and my father funny had a chat about this over the weekend. He, he was sort of saying, he, from his point of view, he thinks it's only a matter of time before some team just decides to give up the kick out totally and put 15 men inside you know, their own half and, and sort of come and break us down. The thing about doing that against Derry, they've so much pace uh, all over the park. Tyrone done that. Tyrone gave Derry the kick out and I say the likes of Bretton Rogers and them attacking from deep you know, can really, really hurt you. Yeah. Rui, we're not on for another 2016, are we? We're ourselves in Tyrone just decide to do what Paddy's saying there and completely back off and... and go all the way to the suffocation point. Can, can you see that happening? I think, it is gonna, I think it is going to be an arm wrestle, Brendan. Um, you know, it is. 
I suppose if you have a lead to protect, it's easier to drop off and say, right, come and break us down. And I suppose Derry have been really fast out of the traps in their first two games and, and have got leads against Tyrone and again against Monaghan. And, and it played into their game plan perfectly where, you know, they could invite pressure on and then break it up and go and counter. So, look, I think you can see scenarios in the game well, where, you know, both teams will press up and they kick out and they'll drop off depending on what the score is and all those sorts of things. Um, you know, if, if they do press up and pattern, you, you know, they, uh, he obviously can hurt you with that one over the top. So they've got to be wary, but a lot will be dictated in terms of what, what the actual scoreboard is and what the, the, the timing of the game is. Um, and all those permutations will be well covered by, by Rory and Declan, no doubt. I'd say that, yeah, yeah. Uh, Eamon, just going back there, uh, Brian McGaver, 2011, or what are you called? Uh, Brian was <laughs> in charge. Now you have Rory, another man in charge. That was sticky enough, that final 2011, uh, Eamon. But just, just what Rory's saying there, the, the tactical side of it, I suppose, the physical nature of it, and that, that lead that Derry have gone under, eight points up against Monaghan, you know, Monaghan did take it back to three, but when you expend so much energy, you're always expecting another another burst from, from Derry, and they got that. Benny Hearn had another goal, which was a killer uh, blow. And I think the last thing against Kevin, obviously, they could have registered a point again. Pat made a brilliant save in the first half. There was a couple of goal chances there. Could you see the game hinging in that, Damon? Because of the defensive nature, particularly of what Derry do, if they get into a lead, we're in trouble. So there's a real psychological edge to them getting a goal on us. Yeah, and, and I think that's why they want... Donegal won't want to give up the lead, uh, and we don't want to feed the feed the beasts because that's what Derry seem to be all about. You know, the full energy, that you know they love the turnover, and we just don't. Want, so we could see that kind of the work it out phase that we often see in the in the modern game here, and you know it'll be interesting to see who who comes out of it because if we can get you know that three four point lead, Derry you're going to have to have to come out a wee bit. I think that that's the big one that. Watching the Derry Monaghan game, that was where I felt that we could really go after Derry was the kickout because it just seemed that the keeper was there to be got at, and and for even for our own, you know, Derry were setting up in a way that left them that wee bit vulnerable. So I think that's a that's a big outlet for Donegal. Yeah, so we're looking for a few we're looking for a few snippets tonight, Paddy. Michael McMullen's down here. Desi McFeely, he's feeding us away information. Then we go back, Desi. <laughs> Listen, Paddy, just, just looking at uh, Grogan, the last day picking up McManus, you know, when I, I look at your full back line for years, I've been a bit jealous of it, particularly last year, you know, I was saying if Rogers and McCaig was in our team, it would really make us a team now. McMenamin had a brilliant game the last day, it was great to see, and obviously McCool has been listener player of the season, I suppose, in terms of what, what we would expect it from him, he's been unbelievable. But your, your three lads in the full back line, uh, Paddy, you know, you know, a lot been made, made of our forwards, but man for man, those three lads are, 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 are great markers, and I suppose a big asset to, to your full back line. Yeah, well, uh, Paddy, I, I managed Newbridge for, for three years, and I managed Paddy McGrogan, and a uh, fantastic player, fantastic attitude. And he's capable of doing that man marking role, or he's capable of, of actually playing a bit of football out in the half back line. Um, it'll be interesting at the weekend just to see who actually picks up on it. I suppose it's funny that I'm saying picks him up, who, but where Britton Rogers goes, because um, I was just saying to Neil Gallagher, 2012, Bally Buffet, um, I remember Carol Lacey picked me up, and I spent the day chasing Lacey. And any time, you know, you know, any time the ball came up the field, I was just that wrecked from having followed him <laughs> down the pits the whole time. Whoever marks Britton Rogers, it's the same sort of thing. Britton Rogers puts you in the back foot by having to chase you. Conor McCluskey, very, very similar. I'd expect him to go on, on Jamie Brennan. You probably would expect Murphy 
uh, to be matched up with Rodgers. But the, the one thing Donegal won't want is Brennan and Murphy to be chasing them two boys up and down the field all day. They want them to do their best but of their work, obviously, at the, at, at the forward side of things. So the matchups are going to be very, very key. I think, obviously, um, Chrissy McKay got picked up McBurty. They had a real good tussle last year and expect that. They renewed rivalries this weekend again. So um, I talked about you know, Donegal and the potential with their forward line, and that's the thing about it. Derry have good defenders that are capable of snuffing them out. Yeah, certainly. The Derry lads have the matchups for McBrearty, Murphy, you know, man for man. I think the, the big one is Langan. Hmm. I don't see anybody just jumping out that's going to pick up Langan. And he, he, it's in him to have a big game, and it'll be just interesting to see how that pans out. Do you think Rogers or McKay go folly Murphy out if he goes out the pitch? You know, I think Rogers showed he was, he's such a threat. He think he's going to follow Murphy, be it inside or out. And again, it's just going to go back to McKeague's just going to, going to continue the job he did he did last year. And hopefully, he just doesn't give Paddy that that we them wee moments he got last year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he doesn't need much. That was one of the best scores I've ever seen. Rory, did Kevin show us how to use our big men? I know the words end of your career, your career. You tried to play him full forward. You thought I made it look easy. You tried to do it. It was dodgy enough, but. I look I suppose with with Cavan against Donegal, there was an occasion in that first half where they isolated the midfielder with with, with Ryan McHugh and, and in fact it, it took a tremendous save from from Sean Patton, you know, to tip that onto the bar. Um you know, that goes in the back of the net could be a different story. So, look, Murphy will play uh, as he does. He, he will go inside on occasion. He'll come out. He'll, he'll go where he's needed effectively. Um, so see, that, see that tactic, Rory, of, of changing? See, I, I find sometimes my birdies maybe we were too set inside. And obviously Murphy's coming in and out. But we actually pulled the two of them out and dropped in. Uh, Langer or McGonagall or McGee. And just put it in long. Because the dairy defence is going to want to be set tight. That's their favourite. So if we can some way open it out, and then even you could get a, a McHugh or a Mogan or one, one, one of the uh, lads in behind, one of our nappier players in behind, you know, one of the Donalds, for example, get them in behind, because if they are set like that, They're it's almost impregnable. Yeah. Yeah. So and just it, dumping it in mightn't be enough for you, but if you can stretch it enough to, to have it moving around, because the more it's set, as Eamon will tell you as a defender, you just want your man to be there, right, Eamon, in that zone, and let him be there, and you, you be in his ear, maybe, and you, you'll take him out. The more things get moved about, the less a defender wants that to happen, right? The, the less thinking involved, the better. <laughs> but I, 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 going back to that, like, I, I think Derry are more, are more set in that they know what they are a wee bit more uh, uh, than Donegal. Sometimes I find with Donegal, they're caught between two stools at times, you know, trying to play good football and, you know, getting that balance between defence and attack is, re is really, really key. Um, and at times against Cavan in particular, like McCall had acres of space in front of him either side and, and you know, Paddy Lynch had a field day in there, like yeah. Cavan were able to kick ball in left, right and he really had his hands full. I can't see them setting up like that at all and when the stakes are so high on Ulster final day. I think they'll have learned. And that's why I think Donegal are in a good place in terms of there's a lot of learning from that Cavan game um, that they'll take into this Ulster final and they'll really, really examine themselves. Whereas Derry might just be thinking, you know, they're on that crest of the wave and, you know, there's probably, you know, a lot of hype in Derry as well. So t to me, maybe Donegal... 
might be coming in, uh, you know, in a better place in terms of just under the radar. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Well, what is the hype, Paddy? Tell us the truth. Look, uh, you've hit the nail on the head. There is a serious amount of hype, a serious amount of interest in this game. I've never seen the county a buzz like it. Um, Paddy, was it just to say, is it, you know, obviously the team was down. We, in Donegal here, we actually have great support. Even the team wasn't going so well, and, and a few of us was involved in that. There still was a certain level of support, whereas Derry... It seemed to be when it dropped down, the support really went away, as if the team had to, had to get back, they won in ways, and then, but now we, we're seeing, obviously, massive Gaelic football, huge in Derry Paddy. We're really seeing the, the, the people get behind the county players again. We are, and look, it's probably it's where we've came from. It's the fact we have been in Division 4 only a short time ago, and I suppose everything just seems as if we're in a real upward trajectory. Um, so there's a massive hype about it. As I, say, as I said earlier on, my own fear would be that maybe they maybe don't reach the levels that they've reached in the last two weeks. And Donegal haven't, you know, maybe haven't peaked yet. And you know, as I say, Donegal have the experience of being in that uh, being on that occasion, whereas a lot of them Derry players have never played in an Ulster final before. So that's that's your one fear that they maybe just don't perform and they maybe freeze in the day a wee bit. Yeah, and 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 uh, Rory Gallagher, just just a word on him. The, the excitement he has in the line, Paddy. I was just looking at that. Was that pressure he was under? He's celebrating. Obviously, he's not a dairy man for a start, right? I was just wondering how excited he's getting by. Do you, do you think that's a bit of pressure he's under himself? Or is he just happy for the lads? Because of, he, he, he's very, very animated. You know, he literally talked with Pep Guardiola. He's bouncing, bouncing around that technical area. You would wonder how somebody has the composure. When you see how animated he is along the line, <laughs> has the composure to make rational decisions, you know, yeah. uh, because he definitely is, I say, he's, he's hyper. But look, there's just a, the feeling out of the dairy camp seems to be that there's just a real good bond between him and the players and they're all, you know, have this common goal and there's a real good feel good, feel good factor. And I'd say it's just the pressure he puts himself under, well, obviously to achieve and to, to make progress with teams. And I'd say it's just, just more delight than anything. Yeah, yeah. And Eamon, last word to you, Sunday then, you're going to call it for us and everybody here, I want you to give us your, your prediction. Uh, incredibly biased prediction, uh, Donegal by four. By four? Good man. <laughs> well, you ain't calves, are you down with that? We pick that all day long, absolutely. Um, I think it's going to be tighter than that. You know, uh, first of all, we have, we have to stop these fast starts that, that Derry have been having, you know. And, and, that's the and manager make, coming out. Make it a more nervy affair. Like, so if we can take them down the stretch, I think then you could see Donegal's experience maybe, you know, paying off. Um, and as I said, we have a lot of match winners up in that forward line, you know, um, if it does become very tight. Um, but I, I'm hoping Donegal by one or two. Two Donegal then, Paddy, I'll leave it well, with you. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll, have to go, I'll have to go with the heart and say Derry. As I say, my fear is they don't reach them levels that, that they have been reaching. But obviously, you know, and Shane McGuigan, to me, they have the best forward in Ulster at the minute. Um, he's really on song, you know, really touched on it. If Derry get the sort of space. I don't expect that they will, but if we can get good early ball in there and get him in space at all, I think Brenton McCall will be in for a long afternoon, and I think Derry will just do enough to win it. Goals are going to be key. Um, you know, any, any one goal could be, could be the difference in one and losing the game here, but I think, as I say, my heart have to go with Derry. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Yes, Simon? Yeah, no, I've just seen Neil Geller down there amongst the crowd, so make sure you ask him up. No, he's, I think he landed. He wants to jump on the show here. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic stuff, I... Eamon McGee, Paddy Bradley and Rory Kavner, fantastic. Over to Oshin. Yeah, thanks, Brendan. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, Brian McLaughlin, former Donegal player, St. Michael's club man, to join us uh, as well, Brendan, as we, we change out the panel and get the third panel up. By the way, the Ulster Council said today the game is going to be a sellout. There's no tickets going extra on sale through the GAA or Ticketmaster or, uh, or anything like that at the... 
this evening or tomorrow or the days after. So it's, it's going to be a sellout uh, for it. Brendan's just getting the rest of the boys organized. Brian, we'll step in here because we might get run over by, by, by John Gilday and, and Neil Gallagher. Uh, so, Brian, big game. Derry Donegal, what was your experience like of Derry Donegal games? Uh, they're always hard games, Oshin. You know, the only day you played Derry was always going to be a tough, tough, hard battle. Like, you know, they're... So it's got the makings of a... It's going to be a good going to be a good game. You see the game last year, like, they're very little between the two teams. So, um, but... I think going back to it, I think Donegal's going to have the squad. Like you know, it's going to be about the the 20-man game, and I think we're going to be on the day. We're going to be we're going to be hopefully too strong for them. You know. How do you stop the dairy momentum? Um, we need to stop the goals. Obviously, you know, you see they're, they're they've, they've scored two, three goals in the last couple of games. So it's uh, stopping them early on, keep the goals out, and I think if we, you know, they've won very good forward there. You know, if we can, you know, curtail him to a certain extent, you know, I think we'll. You know, Donegal will be hard beat at the weekend. Eamon thinks four points. You'll take that, will you? Or will it be closer? Uh, no, I think like I think we're we're five six points going to be too good for them on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> That's, can we get the goals? Because they're talking about stopping Derry goals and, and Derry good starts, but Donegal have goal getters as well. We do, aye, and I think uh, like they've been they've been uh, Donegal's only been kind of ticking along there. So I think there's a big game of them on Sunday. So. Um, so hopefully we'll we'll get a couple of goals and Michael Langans among them. Okay. Yeah. I look forward to it. Thanks, uh, Brian. Brian McLaughlin there, so Michael's clubman, former Donegal player. Yeah, yeah. Back to you, Brendan. Good man, good man. Brian looks a wee bit tired there. Of course, back up changing nappies now. We, we Brian old there. I, I be cradling him later. Listen, folks, just to our next uh, panel here, we have Michael McMullen of Gillig Life. We have Big. The one and only big Neil Gallagher, and of course, John Gilday, uh, Glenty's man, but he's moved to the, the main town, Donegal, later, can I now, of course, where else would he want to be? Listen, I'm going to go to you first, Michael. Uh, Derry man, of course, me and you, Michael, we spoke on the 31st of January, and my last question was to you, uh, give it to me straight as a Derry man, how's Donegal going to do this year? And you were like, well, you're not going to win Ulster, because we are. And I did, I can laugh for a second, but I was like, it's possible, it's definitely possible. You were like, it's definitely possible, we're going to win Ulster. And here you are, Michael, on the e, uh, on the week of an Ulster final potential victory. How how does it feel? It's just great. Like some of the lads were talking about the hype, and there certainly is uh, a great buzz. But when I said that to you, Brandon, it was probably in jest a wee bit because I fully believe we would beat Tyrone. And if you beat, you, you actually said you do a 2006 on them, which you did. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I suppose the Galway game maybe sets a wee bit of doubt. But I went with my gut, and I expected them to win. And I suppose when you beat Tyrone. There's no reason why you can't win Ulster, and I suppose now we're here, you just get as greedy as hell, and you want to win it, so there's no point in changing my mind now, so yeah. fingers crossed it, it goes that way. And, and Paddy mentioned, obviously, as I say, GA is massive, as much as it is anywhere in the country in Derry, but obviously this fall-off from the support of the county team, was it brilliant to see that colour back and that interest again in Derry, and I suppose that infusion, because your college's teams have been, have been brilliant, probably the best in Ulster. You know, you've had underage... Winning teams, your club teams, or whoever wins the Derry Championship is maybe favourites to win Ulster. Uh, can you be? Can you believe the journey now that, that Derry have gone on to go so low? Did you think that this has to come back, or have you been surprised by the by the speed of which it has? I think um, whenever Derry went to Division Four, I remember writing an article in the paper about the decade of decline. Like Derry was just dropping the divisions like a stone, but at the same time they were winning school titles, club titles, just regularly, and you sort of knew that. If you get your structures in place, there's a good chance you'll move up the divisions. 
So I'm not surprised we're back challenging again, but I'm probably surprised it's as quick as this, and it probably is a wee bit of a fairy tale at this stage, but to be honest, I think that's what feeds, feeds into it. Because we were so low so recently, that I think dairy people are just mad to get jumping onto something they can get behind, and thankfully for us, it's here right now, and we're in the final, and it's just, it's just amazing, you know, so... It is indeed, Neil. So, see, in the intro, you sat down and missed that lovely shiny head of yours. That's what I was calling it in there. My apologies. Listen, here's the big thing about here's the big thing about Sunday. We have Michael Murphy, right? And I know you taught him. You taught him. You taught him well. You always tell me that. We have him. That's the difference. Aye, and you taught me. You know, you always tell me that. <laughs> um, before I start to answer that, now, even McGee was trying to be smart earlier, but I think he has a lot to thank Rory Geller for because. As far as I can remember, Rory's the only Donegal manager that didn't kick him off the panel at some stage <laughs> in his career. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, Murphy now, um, uh, listen, he'd be like a bear this week, you know, we'd just be kind of mad to get, to, get, to get at the match, like, you know, and listen, I think the battle between him and uh, Brendan Rogers will say, go, 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 go on him. Like, I like the way Rogers plays. Like, he just goes out and plays. It doesn't seem to be no oil, you know, uh, sledging and stuff. He just plays the game and attacks and plays. And even sometimes you see him there with Marker, he's smiling away and stuff and having the crack. Like, you know, but he's a competitive player and that, you know, but like Murphy will be, you know, he'll be well up for it. Like, and um, I think, you know, if they keep him on side, like, he, I know he'll come out and stuff and all, but. Like if you put yourself in a full backs position, like you don't want to see him on there, like and balls ridden on top of him, like especially with Patrick and Jamie Brennan and that off him, like you know there'll be kind of, you know there's danger on there, like you know. So yeah. um, knowing him as you do, Neil, just looking at him, he had a few injuries there and different things. Obviously, he's sending off last year. That boy went down for you. Could tell he wasn't properly fit. I just looking at him in some of the games there. See in Armagh that point he hit in, in, in the first half. I mean that's that's just Murphy. And, and then the second half, some of the runs he made. When Murphy's doing that, I know we're going to win the match. You know there are very few players around the country who'll do that. His heart, his soul, the way he guides that team. I'm just wondering for you being in the dressing room. Uh, I mean he's only a kid when he can play him. I mean that was the last year I end up playing. But his influence on that whole team and setup it must be at this stage phenomenal. It must be as big as. As, listen, a boner, if, 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 I mean, in terms of what he puts into this team, it must be massive. Oh, like without a shadow of a doubt. Like, I mean, just, you know, everything still revolves around him and like, he, as, like as standards that he drives. Like, I mean, if you're like, you know, Conor Donald or, you know, uh, Shane O'Donnell and Boyd that are just new into the panel, like, you know, when you're kicking ball into Murphy or you're passing him stuff, you're not going to give him a bad ball or you're not going to get caught in possession stuff because, like, you know, he's on there and he has that influence over them. Um, you're going to want to impress him and stuff like that, you know. Uh, his leadership qualities is just... Was that like, like the been... first night in Castle Fun when, we, when I was speaking to you? You traded the first night you were up to, remember that? <laughs> you were like Bambi on ice, these big legs were going everywhere. The Little first... did I know the commanding man you were going to become. Was <laughs> the first night I was up, Gilday just emptied me with a shoulder, just, you know. <laughs> I remember that, all right. Um... But no, listen, he's just, un like his competitiveness, even at like, you know, whatever he is, 32 or whatever now, he's just, he's mad they won and you can see it on him, like, and even the way he kind of can control games too, like he kind of knows when to come out, knows when to go back in again, you know, and listen, he'll just be, you know, he'll be mad they won, you know. Yeah, um, yeah John, tactics, tactics, tactics. The game has got so tactical now, take that all back, let's take it to Rory Geller. Who learned his tactics or twinned his tactics with Jim? 
which all came from the good Neve Connell, of course. Where it all started, John, do you, do you see this, this game playing out as, as a real kind of masterclass of, of counter-attack, which, which you guys, I suppose, started and perfected? Well, I suppose that's, that's Rory's pedigree in the sense that, you know, he was maybe ultra-defensive in the last couple of years with Donegal um, to probably a lot of criticism because we, we wanted to move away from that. Um, and he's gone in and done exactly the same thing with Fermanagh and he did exactly the same thing now with Derry. So you know what you get from Rory. He has an incredibly fit, motivated side. Um, I think what we found with Declan over maybe the last 12 and 24 months is maybe subtle change in the way Donegal played and move, moving away from maybe a more defensive outfit. And I think that's down to the personnel that we have as well. Like we've lost so many quality defenders in the Frank Midlands, Eamon, you know, Carl Lacey, Anthony Thompson, etc. And they're very, very difficult to, to change out. And we have a much more attack-orientated half-back line right now, even the full-back line. So we, we're, we're limited in what I would think is, you know, natural defenders outside of McCall and McMenamin. The rest of them are all ball players. You could see them as easy playing in the half-forward line as in the defence. But... I think it'll be a very cagey match, just like what Rory said earlier. It'll, you know, Donegal won't be as naive as Monon. I felt Monon were very naive, and I thought maybe they didn't show Derry the respect that they deserved after the Troll match. There was too much, well, Troll are missing seven of the panel, yada, 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 and they got caught. And I think Monon bought into that a little bit, you know, for the amount of space that was down the middle in an Ulster Championship match it was just crazy. So I don't think we'll be that naive, and I think it'll be very cagey early on. And I think it's, you know, on a big day like that, it's how men step up to the plate. We know what Donegal are going to bring. We know what the big Donegal players, because they've been there before. And it'll be interesting to see how that young Derry side that hasn't been there before, how they adapt on the big day, how they deal with the hype, all that type of stuff that they haven't dealt with before. And then if they come and if they don't perform, then, you know, it's Donegal's day. I think it'll be very, very touch and go. It'll be very tight for 40 minutes and then a break of ball one way or another and the game will run away from itself. Yeah, Michael, we talk about rivalry a lot, you know, us in Tyrone in particular, uh, at, at Monaghan as well. How do you see, like 92-93, the boys was talking, there's a big rivalry, you have to hate Derry and all this stuff. Do you think that's gone out of the game now because of the tactics, the way teams are almost pulling off each other in terms of, they're, they're not actually in each other's faces as much as they would have been in the Mandy Man days. And I suppose that heart and guts is kind of gone from the game. It's tactics now, it's about being calm and cool. Uh, do, do you think the rivalry now with us and Derry going into this game is, it's, it's a bit of a strange one. You know, there's, I suppose, I'm not saying that, there, that listen, there's going to be obviously a battle on the pitch, but that, I think, throwback to, to those early days, you don't see that anymore, that kind of real tough competitor stuff. It's all about now composure and skill and keep the ball and that. It's probably taking a wee bit of that blood and guts out of the game, do you think? I think it has. I think that's what's going to be key to Sunday is, is, is being cool in the game. Like I watched a wee bit of um, Donegal and Armagh in the championship, and that was built to be blood and thunder. I think it was the 21st minute, uh, Ethan Rafferty kicked the ball out over the sideline, and it was the first time you saw anybody actually grabbing somebody by the throat or anything, or any sort of bite. And by that stage, the game is nearly settled down. That's all gone. Now. You don't really see it at the start of a game. So, and I think that probably a game that's going to be as low-scoring and cagey as I expect Sunday to be, calmness is everything. Mm. And I think that's probably what's sticking to Rory along the line. Like, He's kicking every single ball. He's he's just going crazy along the line. But he's able to he's able to tune in. How he does it, I have no idea. And 
I think that energy seems to radiate onto the players. I think that's what's probably driving a bit of Derry's energy, if I'm honest. But, I, you know, there's, there's no room for that anymore, the, the nastiness, because sure, a referee could just put your lights out in five minutes. And, it's too important now. You know, so yeah. um, you can't afford to do that. Um, but, and I suppose the Donegal's going into a final, their 10th and 12 years, Derry's coming in new. To me, I think the pressure's on Donegal to deliver on Sunday. Because, to be fair, most people, the Derry squad will be hungry for success and will put their own pressure on themselves. But I think the Derry public feel there's a team growing, whereas Donegal, I think the pressure's there to win an Ulster title because they're probably seen as All-Ireland contenders in a lot of categories. So I think Derry have to detach themselves from that rivalry and just focus on themselves. Yeah, yeah. And listen, Neil, what, what, what do you think about that, the heat coming out? You're, you're a man. Remember you hit me a box one day in the championship, you broke two of my ribs. Um, is them is bad digs now? Are they going out in the game? Or if you were playing in the Masters? That. Don't now, remember you... that now. Um, <laughs> now, nah, listen, I, well, I think, like, I mean, and McKeague will go and Patrick, like, and, you know, I mean, they've played each other for Schlock Neil against Kilcare too and married each other and stuff, like, and that'll be a great battle, like, and I think maybe if Murphy goes out the field, you know, Gareth McKindless and Mark Hamlin, they've played each other in the club games, the two of them went toe-to-toe, -to -toe, like, and... Um, on the other side, then, like Shane McWigan, like he's he's a, he's a great player to watch. Like you know, he's he's kind of elusive and he can score off either foot and all. Like and I think maybe Owen Ban or something like that might go on him. And like I think there'll be plenty of kind of a around the middle as well, by glass as well. Like against the you know Hugh McFadden, Keelan McGonigal, Jason McGee. Like there's going to be great battles there. Like um, ah, it'll be interesting. Like it's you know. I think if Derry kind of got a good enough start, like, you know, might be kind of, they'll try and make Rory, Rory, like, he knows, nobody knows Donegal better, like, so, I mean, you know, he'd be looking to get ahead, like, and kind of try and hold that lead in and stuff, you know, if it is going to be this kind of KG match, like, and, like, they're fit, like, Derry are flying fit at the minute, like, but hopefully now our boys should get a good start and get ahead, you know, and kind of make Derry come out and play, but then, you know. Yeah, yeah, and John, last word to you, we're running out of time here. As Oshie mentioned, been in a few finals, didn't get across the line. Rory Geller is the same at this point, you know, with Donegal and with Fermanagh. Is there a bit of pressure that, that this is going to happen for him on the day? Do you think that's good anything to play in this game? Yeah, I think it will. You know, there's, I suppose there's different types of pressures coming from both camps. Donegal, seasoned team, Ulster finals. Probably need to, need to, need to win this one. You know, we lost the one to Cavan that we should have won. And then we got caught. So there's that pressure on that side of the equation. Rory hasn't delivered Ulster titles and it's hanging over him. And, you know, I look at Rory's antics on the line and, and they're great. And, the, you know, the TV cameras love it and the crowd love it and it's the pumping of the fist. That's all great when things are going well. And then if things don't go so well and you're not jumping around the place, that can filter into the dairy team as well very quickly in the sense that he's not the enthusiastic, bubbly, jumping around character. And the, what's going on there and what's happening. So, um, my gut is that I think Donegal have a big game in them. Nothing better than going into a final under the radar. All the talk about Derry couldn't have scripted it better. And I think with Big Michael and some of those lads, like, you know, at the end of the day, he's been the most inspirational player for Donegal for the last 15, 16 years. But he's not getting any younger. He's not going to have many more of these big days. They come to the end for everybody, and I think he'll have extra motivation because of that dragging this new young crop of players through as well. So I think it'll be exciting. I think it could be terribly, you know, 15 behind the ball both sides and making be the most entertaining until maybe the last 15 or 20 minutes, and then all hell breaks loose. So. Brilliant stuff, John. Thanks for reading it up there.
Oshin, thanks folks. Thanks to Sister Sarah. Oshin will be covering the game Sunday. Oshin will keep it entertaining. Basically, if Rui Gallagher's spitting in the hands a lot, we're in bloody trouble. Hopefully he's not. And Donegal come through. I want to thank Kevin and Sound there, Oshin, to see the producing. As I say, everybody came tonight, our panellists, all the media guys, thanks very much. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend. Happy